Breaking news, guys. I, Erica Nicole Dickerson, am in a relationship again with the same person. <laughs> For the fourth time. Because we're obsessed. Um, yeah, I'm back in my relationship. We're, <laughs> we're working it out. Um, I thought I wanted to be in the streets, but then I said, no, I don't want to be. Take me back, please. I don't want to go back to the streets. I don't want to be in the streets. The streets are not the streets are not good. I don't want to be there. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday, y'all. Happy hump day, tribe. Thanks for joining us again and again and again and again and again and again and again. I think we're on episode like 276 or something like that. I know. I know. I'm really proud of us. That's crazy. Because I don't, I know like I have a podcast, but I don't like to talk that much. Apparently, like I think talk. I only talk here and then I'm silent. I think you talk and then more anyone than wants, you think. Anyone who wants to talk to me, I get really irritated with. I'm like, do you know how much I just fucking talk today? One hour straight. <laughs> Most people are talking that much just because. So consider yourself lucky. You have, you're talking with a purpose. Most of the time. One of the comments, we went to go look on, <laughs> every now and then we read your comments, guys. For the most part, our comments are, are sorry, our reviews are really positive. However, I did notice a bitch in the in the reviews said that we ramble. And that might be true. You might have listened, listened to a rambling ass episode. I feel like we, for the most part, we have a good structure happening these days. But in the early days, there's a lot of rambling probably. I figured that she's just not familiar with the show because this is the part where we, it's not even rambling. We're just saying, hey, what's up? That's how you start a phone call. You don't just jump into the topic. You get there. She's like, teach me. Show me. She's right. It. She's used to some very highly designed podcasts. Well, there are some podcasts that are very structured and they are great. Those are great. Those are great for certain people. They're even great for me. I enjoy those too. I feel like she must have been a Capricorn or something listening. She was expecting structure off the bat. I feel like I expect that in real life conversations. Structure? I just want you to get to the point quickly. Oh, yeah. I realize uh, I have no patience for, like, too much talking, probably because I'm talking myself so often. But I realize that, like, if people are drawing out a story, it irritates me. Like, irritates me. And I was like, bitch, you need to have more patience in your life. And, like, someone just – I was somewhere, and they were telling a very drawn-out story. And I was just like, please (laughs) get to the point. And I looked around at everyone else, and they seemed very patient. You know, and no. I was like, <laughs> "I'm a bitch." You know, sometimes like you know when it annoys me when I'm like, "Bitch, can you read the room?" Like, Pe- read the room. People can't read the room. Read. I, I sometimes like, can they not read the room, or do they just actively choose not to read the room? I wish I was the type of person who couldn't read the room. I do too. I overly read the room. I know. I know. I, I really. I actually. I am envious of that bitch that told a drawn out story because the moment I feel like my story is too long I start stuttering and then I'll just like end it it was like a lot of people too so it wasn't like you there was a heavy energy and I looked around to be like am I the only one who feels like this is could have gotten a little bit to the point quicker and then I just realized like I just don't give myself enough like grace with time because I don't have a lot of time because I'm always in like work rush mode and so everything in my life also has to be under that time constraint including other people talking (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know me and people talking too much. I will zone the fuck out fast and it's not good. It's actually like become a problem in my life because sometimes people are saying important shit and they might say like two words that I'm like, Mm-mm, and then it's like, look, turn off. And then I missed the whole point of the whole conversation that was really important. So think- I'm trying to retrain my brain. I think that like I have, I struggle with active listening. <laughs> I struggle with active listening. So I try, but then I'll go out and I'll come back in. And How I'm, are we going to be interviewers that struggle with active listening? I, I really focus when we're interviewing people because I don't want to look dumb. <laughs> but sometimes I'm, I'm like, I hope she's listening because I fucking miss that whole thing. <laughs> and sometimes even when like I, Luna's telling me stories, I'm like, fuck, what'd she say? I saw this episode of Blackish, and they were and they did that. The mom kept missing the important thing that the, the daughter was telling her, and I was like, what a bitch! And then I started doing it. I was like, oh no, yeah, I struggle for sure. Oh my god, Iris starting to catch on to my really bad memory. She's really she's like, "Mom, we we talked about this yesterday. Mom, you met her. You met that person's mom. Like I don't remember any of the mom's names." And she's like, "You've met her." And I'm like, "I don't think I have." She's like, "You have." I'm like, oh "God, she's going to know I smoked weed too young." <laughs> so one day someone's going to tell her, like, "You know your mom doesn't remember shit because she's smoking weed." That was another one of our comments. One of our reviews was there's only like there's only like three bad reviews. It's the black girl fry from four years ago. <laughs> I, 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 I told this guy at the bar That's that my favorite one. <laughs> it's my favorite one. And then there's uh, we ramble. And then there's the third one is that we're promoting bad parenting because all we do is get high, and we're not promoting getting high. We just said it works for us. I'm getting high right now. Are you rolling a backwood? I'm currently getting high. I'm smoking my little backwood. Is that the vanilla? This is the vanilla, baby. That's only when I smoke right for these days. I was on the honey for a minute, but now I'm straight vanilla, baby. And um, my backwoods rolling skills are different. I don't know. You roll them like this way, right? Is how you roll them? Yeah. I've been Not my backwoods rolling is different. It is because like I had to figure out this shit, okay? Because I started smoking backwoods because I liked them, but then I couldn't roll them. So then I felt very slow and so i just had to figure out my own special way i don't know i don't if know it's... if that's special what are, what are you doing different <clears throat> well when stephanie showed us how to roll a backwood at our retreat she rolled it this way like she was rolling it this she's way. rolling it the way you unraveled it yeah i roll it like a joint like this way oh uh, okay i kind of see yeah you know? there's different ways how Is many ways can I, you feel, roll- I feel like people are like backwood rolling elitists there are like, people- oh, you didn't roll it the right way. I'm like, bitch, who made you the backwood expert, ho? So this is how I roll my joints. This is how this backwood's getting rolled, bitch. Okay. Well, so that's what's happening here. Okay. Well, how are you? How are you? I'm good. Wait, actually, I think I am fucking this up. We're going to have to rip <laughs> this little piece off. Boom. <clears throat> um, I'm good. I'm great. I'm tan. I have braids in. You guys, we both have braids. You know what that <laughs> When two bitches have the same protective style, know what that means. Ooh. We're on our way to the Good Vibe Retreat. <laughs> we both have braids, so it means we're in retreat healer mode. We're leaving in less than 48 hours to go host our first Good Vibe Retreat in Sayulita, Mexico. There's still room for the second trip. If you're a last-minute bitch, now's the time to book the second week. First week's sold out, but if you are listening to this and it's before July 12th, pull up on us. Pull up, use code, pull up on me. And use the code MEDITATE for $500 off. You deserve a vacation. I know. I, I really, I'm really looking forward to this. Me too. I can't fucking wait. This is a, just a whole new vibe. We've never taken the girls to Mexico. And... um. 
it's just different offerings too. I'm really excited about the Temescal sweat lodge experience, the clay beach experience, just the food, the culture, the property is so fucking beautiful. It's just a different vibe. Like we're on the ocean. Like every room is oceanfront. We're in Costa Rica. We're near, we're near the ocean, but we're really like tucked away in the jungle. So I just feel like some magical shit is going to happen and I just can't wait. Every single retreat, magical shit happens. And um, I recently came back from a retreat for my Tantra certification that I will be done with in six months, God willing. Oh my God, I'm going to start in six months again. I can't believe they did that to me. I think I thought you kind of pushed it to the metal. I'm happy. It was it. too stressful. It was, I'm stressed right now. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> Can you tell I'm stressed right I now? I couldn't have done it. I was like, I will wait. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I thought like maybe God made us do something separately because I went to the retreat. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I've been nervous about it for months, but then I went to the retreat and there was 40 people that I only saw on Zoom like six times this year, maybe 12 on Zoom. But I was just like, how am I? How am I nervous about something that I ask people to do? <laughs> Come to a foreign country by yourself. You'll make friends. Don't worry. It's totally fine. Don't be a pussy. But then it was totally fine. And it's like literally every time. Any, I think any type of retreat when people come with like open minds and open hearts, beautiful things happen when you make when you create that container. Because I definitely had Is a... Is your new favorite word? Container? Mm-hmm. You've been saying it a lot lately. Maybe I'm talking about the containers I've been in. Is it, is it like a tantra word that they said a lot at the retreat? I don't know. It has to be because it is the bitch you've been using that. I've heard you at least say it 10 times. Maybe I'm talking about my retreat. Okay, but I just never heard you say this word ever in our five year, seven year friendship. (laughs) Bitches saying Bitches know you. Have you even noticed? Has she been saying container a lot to you? Bitches know you five years and they think you can't pull out new vocabulary. You never said container in my life. I've never heard you say this word and you've said it at least seven times to me. And I'm like, okay. Maybe because you asked about my tantrum retreat and I was expressing to you what a beautiful (laughs) container it was because that is a word that I'm using correctly. I'm not saying you're not using it correctly. I'm just acknowledging. I'm just purely pointing out that you've learned a new vocabulary. I didn't just stop using it. Containers are not a new word. So I think you are just putting me in a box. You won't let me expand out of or my vocabulary. How dare you? How dare you learn another word without me, ho? You went on one retreat, you learned new words. You know what else I've been saying? I thought, you know what word I have? I'm use that word. I'm, I cap you with that word. And you know what other word I've been using a lot? <laughs> Engorged. God, please don't use that word. That's not like a cute word. You don't even know how I used it yet. I didn't even tell you the sentence. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> what the fuck is your problem? You can't put your yoni egg in until you become engorged. Ew. Okay, first of all. (laughs) Ew. There's nothing ill about being engorged. I don't want to hear about my pussy. I never want the word my vagina and engorged to be in one sentence together. Okay, well, you find a new word for your vulva. Fluffed. Being filled with blood. Fluffed. Erect. The clitoris becomes erect. Yeah, I know that's also a, a term that they say, and that's true. But I feel like... We can we can find better words. Anyway, left. I had a great time at my retreat. Um, met a lot of people that I probably would have never met uh, otherwise. Um, oh, I should do this. Oh, now my phone's dying. You think we should cut it off now? Um, we're going live on Instagram while we're recording this episode. We're trying new things. <clears throat> Honey up that blunt. Honey up that blunt. See, look how beautiful it is. Look. 
right? Oh, yeah, Besides the end, I mean, it's you, cute. You rolled it like a joint. I rolled it like a joint. Like all you backwoods elitists can kiss my ass. This is how I roll my backwoods. Not you don't have to put your whole fucking mouth over the blunt because that would be that actually would irritate the fuck that, out of me. People who usually roll backwoods Ew. use so much no, saliva. It's, it's the niggas. They put their the, whole. They go like this. It's kind of homoerotic. They, put their whole, they like suck it like a little dick. It's erotic. And they put their whole fucking mouth on it and have the audacity to then pass it to me. I'm like, <laughs> Someone Whoa. obviously did this to you. And it, I've seen it true. done by like a lot of but rappers. I, when, as soon as you said that, I just saw a lot of like a very spitty backwood many times in my in my life. You like that? You like that? Don't overdo it or else it's no. If you do too much. That's enough. It's perfect. Okay, so, yeah. I'm oh sure not on our new couch. It's not on the couch, is it? No. Oh, my God. It's gonna. It's gonna be hard to uh, to light if it's too. No, no, no. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Just Erica is really getting on my nerves this morning. <laughs> Ew, what word? Ew, I don't like it. Ew, that's a new word. No, it's perfect. I'm perfect. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Don't be hating on my confidence today. Yesterday I was spiraling on stories, so today I feel better. Why are you spiraling? I just woke up and I was like, I felt depressed. I was like, I told you that yesterday. I was like, am I active? Am I like? What did I say? Am I high active depressed? I know. Highly functioning. Highly depressed. functioning depressed person. I was like, because I'm getting shit done, but I'm sad the whole time. Or I'm just like, t- I'm tired. I took a nap while you were at my house the other day. When when do I take naps? Bitch? I mean, we've been traveling. I never take naps. I was napped. And then I, I don't have my, my computer broke. I have been without a computer for damn near a month. Probably why you're taking a nap. I feel handicapped without my computer. And so it's. I think it's actually making me sad. And... Probably making your mind rest like it's intended. No, because we have shit to do and I can't do it from my phone and my phone gives me anxiety. So therefore, my computer is usually like the thing that helps me get off my phone so I can get shit done more effectively. And so now I have to be I was supposed to send an email like three days ago and I just can't because I have to do it from my phone. And it's kind of an an, it's an intense email that requires links and things. And I've just been avoiding it. We have to use Orlando's computer because my computer is now not going to get there until the girls get there and I need to study. Anyway, I, I so when I was spiraling, I was I, I decided to go outside and go for a run because I've also been in my overeating mo- phase. I don't know about anyone else. I don't know if this is like a trigger trigger moment trigger ad- advisory, but um, I talk about this in the book too. Like I I've always struggled with like good eating habits, and sometimes like when I'm either when I'm depressed, I won't eat at all, or I overeat like excessively overeat like to the point where I feel sick and I've been noticing that I've been doing that lately like late night where I've just like been eating lots of ice cream late at night and then eating like three tortillas with butter and then like I know it's gross three tortillas like just tortillas with butter by itself it's just not Orlando calls it the Mexican Mexican peanut butter and jelly jelly. but that's because my grandma made that for me when I was a kid she would put the tortilla on the stove she put some butter a little salt pepper maybe some garlic powder roll that bitch up and it's fucking delicious it is sounds like a kid snack it's fucking. Delicious. I think yeah, that is a good snack for sure. It's so good, but nobody needs to eat three of those and ice cream fucking sandwich. Nobody. Um. So I woke up and I was like, "Bitch, what's wrong with you?" I was like, "You need to go move your body." So I went for a run and I like was had an attitude the whole time I was running, like I don't want to do this shit. And then the moment I got back to my house, I was like, "Huh, I feel better." And then I put makeup on. I was like, "You're fine." Like, uh, like you're fine, and, I'll, and also you're fine. And then I put clothes on, and I was like, oh, my God, they still fit. Thank God. 
three tortillas later, they still fit. God, I they were a little it. tight. They were a little tight. These shorts are a little tight right now. But and then I said, okay, today is a new day. You can start over. And that's why today we we're supposed to meet at ten. And I said, no, I need to go run again because I got to like keep the momentum going because I'm not going to fall into this weird cycle of low, high functioning depression. That you that you self prescribed self uh, what is it self diagnosed self diagnosed yourself with yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yes, I decided to not engorge myself with tortillas and ice cream and instead be active. Beautiful! I'm so happy for you. Anyway, <laughs> what else has been going on? We haven't caught up in quite some time. I feel like it's been a minute since we've been here. I, I think I've the last four weeks I've. Been in town one week. I went to my, we went to Miami. I went to Philadelphia. I went to Mexico, and now I'm going to Mexico again. Traveling ass bitch. I I I prayed for this. I guess you got to be careful what you pray for. Well, you know what I realized? I don't like being home. <clears throat> uh, I I yeah. I feel you. I, when I was getting on the plane to go, secretly surprise my nigga. That almost went haywire. haywire. Um, I was got on. I got on the plane, and I was like, I was just out of town like five days ago, like a week ago. I went to Orlando with his family or whatever the fuck I did, and <clears throat> I was like, well, how am I late? Why am I leaving again? Well, a, because I miss him, and I'm not going to see him for like over probably like a month and a half. But B, I think, is I just don't like being here. I really actively like searching flights. Like that is my hobby. No, it's that fun. turns me on. That's I've been fun. searching for hotels in Europe for three weeks. Like gleefully, haven't booked one. I like to look at stuff too. I really want to go to Bali. I really want to. Yeah, I like to move around. And LA is really not that exciting. It's not an exciting place. It generally has good, some good restaurants, mostly sushi, and it's good weather. But like other than that, someone was asking me where to go, and I was like, I don't go out in LA unless my friend's having a live show. I did start writing things down because I'm tired of people. Thank you, Orlando. I'm tired of people asking me what to do in LA. And like, I went, I went to a random brunch the other day that I found on Yelp. And I was like, this was great. I should write this down. So people know when they come, like where I should, where I can tell them where to go. <clears throat> went to another spot. I was like, I should write this down. Cause I really don't, I really don't go out. So every now and then I, when I do, I just won't forget later on, six months later, when someone asks me what, what to do. I, people tell me stuff, and then like one year later, I text them, like, did you say La Descarga on Thursday? And then I say I'm going to go, and then I don't. Because it gets 8 o'clock, and I realize, no, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, we don't See, got- and I forget, because there is a good night of La Descarga. Yeah, there is, that you told me about 17 months ago. I think ago. it's on Tuesdays, and it's salsa class. They I think it's salsa- Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I don't know. But yeah. I literally, I, I text Zinn. Every six months to ask her about it and with intentions to go and I never go. And I'm a, I, just in, just in case anyone wants to know, random fact about Mila, I'm a top notch, exceptionally bomb ass salsa dancer. Are we salsa dancing in Mexico? Because everybody needs to see these moves. We'll go out and go, we'll find some salsas. Yeah, we need to go do some salsa dancing. So, yeah, LA is not it, but apparently everywhere else is. Well, I tried to sneak away. I, I did. I snuck away to New York. I didn't tell anyone except my friends because <clears throat> I'm still in my 30s, terrified of my mother and didn't want her to know where I was at. <clears throat> so if you know her, shut the fuck up. 
Um, <sighs> she's going to find out. <laughs> That's a wrap. Too late now. It's too, and you, you decided to tell that <laughs> story soon. You know, you usually lie and then you tell the story six months later, so it seemed to lose it. <laughs> this is coming up pretty soon, bitch. I, yeah, I was just like, you know what? Let me go pull up on this man real quick. And so I went over there and... Not pull up on this man. <laughs> Do you want to... I, I think our listeners are confused. I think like some weeks you say you have a boyfriend and then some weeks you're just like, oh yeah, my nigga. And they're probably like, bitch. Should I hard launch again? Maybe. No, I, mean, I, I just feel some type of like clear, like transparency to our community. I know every other week Erica has a new relationship status, but like she's back on. So I just wanted to Not preface tr- that because I think everyone is in the car like, uh-uh, bitch. And I'm happy because everyone's in the car like, uh-uh, bitch. And right now they're like, yeah, I'm happy you said something, bitch. I know. Because she was going to try to smooth clean, go around that. But uh, no. Okay, so here it goes, guys. <laughs> Breaking news. I am no longer <laughs> single. <Sorry>. Again. <laughs> wow, you're really ruining my fucking hard launch with your coughs. That's kind of how it happened in real life when she told me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we broke up, but not really. But She's the friend who keeps breaking up and getting back together and keeps relaunching to her friends. Your mom just heard you talk about talk, talk about her lie. Her mom uh, just called her, you guys, because she, she heard her through thin air say, I lied to you, and now she called. <sighs> mom, let me call you back. Okay, are you with Princess Jasmine now? Yes. Okay. Ca- call her iPad. Bye. Anyway, real life shit happening, guys. Okay, so let me do that again. Breaking news, guys. I, Erica Nicole Dickerson, am in a relationship again with the same person. (laughs) For the fourth time. Because we're obsessed. Wait, what song were we listening to at fucking Poor Minds? You're like, this is you, bitch. It was the the fucking (laughs) Usher song. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm back in my relationship. We're, <laughs> we're working it out. Um, I thought I wanted to be in the streets, but then I said, no, I don't want to be. Take me back, please. I don't want to go back to the streets. I don't want to be in the streets. The streets are not The streets are not good. I don't want to be there. The streets aren't great. The streets aren't great. No. Um, and so I'm back with my, with my, in my relationship. It's been a journey. It's been challenging. It's all been <laughs> rewarding. Um, my friend is laughing at me, but that's okay because I've, I've supported her through much worse. What do you mean much worse? I've supported you through a lot of relationships. I've never been. You always say this. This is like, you know how like other podcast friends like are not friends, mm-hmm. but I feel like you say the same shit about me and we argue about the same shit. I haven't been in a lot of relationships in the last five years. Not a lot. You've been in challenging relationships. Oh, okay. I supported you through. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you said one time you said I was always in a relationship, and I'm like that is not true. Not a relationship, but you're in relation. You've been in relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two. Um. So, yeah, I'm just saying that it's been a challenge. This relationship has challenged me and him, and I feel really positive about the space that I'm in with this person that I love. And that's it. Literally, I was listening to an episode, and you were like, I'm single. And I was like, gosh, you're going to have to update this. <laughs> it's like recently. No, bitch, it's real time, ho. I know. I'm just saying. This is real. I mean, it's real life. I think everyone can relate. I'm just thinking. There's not a single person who can't relate. Everyone has been back with the same one person, like, has redated a person. 
I don't really do that a lot. So that's why this has been really weird for me because I really be done for the most part. I mean, I think maybe like one relationship I took a, I can't went back to with Happy Bay for a sec, but mm. for the most part, nah, not a relationship relationship, a fuck buddy maybe. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think it needs to be said. I hope that you know that I support you in all of your decisions, and you know, life's life. And I think a part of friendships is you may not always understand or agree, but you're always going to support your friend. You're like never going to be like, I can't tell Mila. I'm like, you're going to tell me anything. I'm not going to judge you. I mean, I don't think we have a lot of space to judge each other, and this is kind of like the theme of. Well, your faces sometimes make me feel like I don't want to tell you shit. If I'm being honest, and you laugh at me sometimes when I tell you things, so then I'm like. Uh, what have I laughed at you about? You like right now, you about just, you relaunching your relationship? Yeah, I'm laughing because it's funny that you no, know you've been saying. But it. I'm just saying, like you, your faces often are like, bitch. Mm-mm. I mean, I can't help. I think I, I think I'm always going to be so honest then, about my okay, feelings. But, but, but I never made it seem like you cannot tell me or cannot come to me. I'm going to tell you the truth, right? But if I get that face every time I bring this person up, I'm not saying this, I'm just saying in general, but I don't don't make that. I mean, you have, it's been over a year, right? So it's not every time. I'm just, if you, if you, if you say one thing and then I say, okay. And then you come back and say something the opposite of that. You have to understand where there's sometimes disconnection because the feelings are changing and the, this, the, even like us, you telling me, not me saying planting seeds, you will say one thing and then come back and say something else. And I am, am just trying to catch up. So you have to understand as a friend, if you say, I'm not saying you shouldn't tell me things, but if you say things that are negative <clears throat> and we can agree that there have been things that are negative and then come back and disregard those things, my feelings are still... You think I've disregarded them? Not disregard them, but I, I as my friend... I always want you to do and be the best. And it's not difficult, but it takes me time to catch up to where you're at because it has changed on a week-to-week basis. And, yeah, that's just the truth. It's like if I said something, you know. But the, the same could be said about you. The same could be said about other people. Like you've told me shit about your relationship and said things that maybe I was like, oh, I don't like, – that's not great. And the faces you know are I mean? the same. And, you, and, you've, and you've been honest of how you feel about that. In those relationships. Okay. Right? I when I was when I was fucking off with I have, but there's been times where I've definitely bit my tongue because you needed my support in that moment. And same. And I'm, not and gonna, same. I'm not even going to make a face. I'm just going to say. And same. Um, you, you're never going to come to me. I'm going to say, you're stu- that was dumb. This is on you. Like, I'm always going to support you because everyone has been a dumb bitch, including me. Especially in relationships when there's dick and niggas involved. That's the the womanly way in ways. We are loyal to a fault we nurture we love hard that is what we do that is the feminine you know but it's not to judge you or to make you feel like you can't come to me because bitch i know i've done some some really questionable boyfriends i'm very 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 aware so please don't let my faces prevent you from being able to come to me because we're human as does anyone we date and i realize there's going to be flaws and challenges and fuck ups that's it like that I, nobody's exempt from that and i'm not i'm not judging you i'm just here for the ride with you and hoping that whoever you choose is worthy and and takes the role seriously that's always my going to be my hope for you and your relationship you too 
because I know that that's what you deserve. Same. And that you're smart. And that anybody who fucks with you should thoroughly understand, respect, and cherish that. And that's all I ask and, like, that's all I want. So I'll be more conscious of my facial expressions when you mention this person. But I really do feel like I've been pretty chill. Like, okay. I mean, it's not like we were going very far or separate from each other. I'm not saying, like, right now in this very moment. I'm just saying in the overall in the the experience with this person particular. Yes, I I I have felt like I don't know if I want to talk to you about certain things. And that's just my honest thing. I'm not saying that because I want an apology. I'm not saying that because I want an explanation. I'm just sharing how I feel. And I'm sharing how I feel. And I think you know how I feel. I think you know if I ever hesitate or make a face, you understand why. Where, where, my, where my defense comes up in protection of my friend, my very best friend in the world. So, yes, I take shit personally, and I have to probably take it less personally because it's not my boyfriend, it's not my life, and it's not my relationship. You're my friend. If ever you feel that way, feel free to communicate that to me because I don't want you to feel like you can't come to me because you can come to me about anything. We could say I killed somebody, and I say, okay, well, what do we need to do? So <laughs> it's just, it's never... And then I'll be like, so why do you think you did that? <laughs> After we've buried the body. Yeah. You know. okay, so now that we handled that. <laughs> you want to talk, do you think maybe we could dig a little bit deeper? <laughs> now that we're on the run? <laughs> oh, my God. I love you. I love you, too. And I want you to know that. And Yeah. That time you hung up on me when you heard the dog. <laughs> Even when he, I was in challenging situations and I was being secretive and not maybe saying a lot of things because I didn't want to tell you because I knew I was doing some stupid ass shit. I understood when you were angry or disappointed or making a face because I knew you didn't like him (laughs) and I understood why. Even the time he slapped me in my face and I had to cry in the passenger seat. I didn't feel smart about it, but I knew that I could disarm at that moment because you're my friend no matter what. So I hope that you always feel the same energy that even if I'm feeling, be- I don't know, I was going to make up a word, begrudging. <laughs> I don't need to make up any more words. It's <laughs> one day, one day, one word at a time. Begrudging, judgmental, judgmental. harboring judgment. Right. Is that the word? Is that the feeling? Yeah. The intent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the dictionary. Who's Webster? Any fucking. <laughs> Don't have to break down the word. <laughs> so, you know, that's also the nature of, of, humanity is that we share things with our friends we you know or we do things and we run the risk of people feeling away about those actions later you know like that's just the reality of humanism Mm -hmm. and because you are closer to someone everyone else around you is going to be slower possibly at warming up because we have less of a intimate and close relationship with this person of course you know what i mean so like that and that's the humanity of it too I get it. Well, I just feel like my nervous system is calm for the, and like, and that has been the sign for me that I'm, I'm safe. We're safe, and we're on the same page, and that I'm happy, and that's that's what I want, and that's what I've been, that's what we've been working towards. Even though it's been challenging, and it hasn't been fucking easy at all from the well from the beginning. It was pretty fun and easy, but then it got real, you know, and then shit got real, and then there were like big feelings involved, and. And I feel like there has been a journey that we have had to take in order to really be honest with ourselves about what it is that we want, what we're willing to do. And that's really what it is. It's like the work, 
are you willing to do the work with this person? Because, yeah, I could go break up with my partner and go back in the streets and find another nigga and do all those things. But, like, ultimately, is this person down to do the work and move forward in a healthy, positive way where we are both on the same fucking page about it? And that's where we're at. And that's how I feel. And that's how I've continued to feel. And I'm living my life day by day. And ultimately, do I see this person with me in the long run? I hope so. Yeah, I do. I wouldn't be doing this shit just because, you know. But I also know that, like, whatever is for me is always going to show up. And that also means in the in the way of ending what needs to be ended. Like, I'm protected in the way of, like, from from particular – oh, my God, he's calling me. <laughs> from – from um. I'm protected in ways from bullshit. And I know that I consciously also have to choose that as well. It's not like God is going to sprinkle some shit and then I'm going to just walk the other direction. But I feel like I have to trust the work that I've done and knowing that ultimately I am going to choose myself. I mean, I know that too. I'm never like worried about you. I mean, obviously, I don't. I'm not telling you this to prove no, something no, to you. No, I'm no, just no, saying no. in general for like, I'm saying this to myself as well because I've had to say that to myself. Like, you've done you you've done the work. You're doing the work always. You're continuing to do it, and you have to trust that you can trust yourself. Basically, I mean, if 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 you feel like your intuition is saying yes to something, then you have to honor that. And know that, yeah, when you are, when something is for you, it's for you. And when it's not for you, the universe will continue to remind you that. Like, there are certain things when you begin to choose healing and choose digging deeper is that you can't unchoose that. And you will you will see toxic things if they are toxic. You you can only do it for so long. You know, when you when you fuck around and, and always commit to yourself, the toxic relationships will be so much shorter. The relationships with friends, all those things will peel away all the time because you can't unsee what you already see. So, I, I mean, it's 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 about honoring your intuition and honoring yourself and your nervous system. And if you don't feel like if you feel like you're in a space of safety and and, you know, contentness and an overall better place, then that's like then that's what you should do. In anything, you know, in any in any job, in any relationship, in any friendship, I think if you feel good about it, then like that's all that. Matters. I've also realized that I, in general, and not that this <clears throat> in this particular relationship, it didn't this this reaction wasn't correct in ways. But I am, am a runner, like I am quick to be like, no thanks, like I'm cool. I don't want to do the work. Do you think it's been been you running, or has it been you uh, just honoring your intuition in ways, and no, then, or like setting boundaries? No, I don't think that. And I think that we as women sometimes use that, like we weaponize intuition in some. No, ways. I'm just asking you. I'm like, just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like as women, we do that sometimes, where we will walk away from certain shit that could that we can work through because our intuition said because our intuition or our fear, which I think is that's where it's like this this blurred line between intuition, fear and trauma where okay. where we are using this boundary and these our intuition to just say, you know what, discard this person because they have work to do and I don't have fucking time. When really bitch, like you do have time, A. B um because bitches always live if they don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and B <clears throat> 
there's a mirror here that you need to face as well. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know who who we had an interview with. It was a couple of years ago, but they were like, you are going to show up differently in every relationship because the other person serves as a different type of mirror. You will be triggered in different ways. Some one personality will challenge you in different ways. Like we have we have a friend who is in a relationship recently and called me the other day and was just like. I, like I realize, like getting close to someone is like you have to tell them about your family and your trauma, and like, at, like, can I do this? Do I want this? And I was just like, this is a part of it, you know. Like I, I definitely had to go inside a lot on many occasions, even in my relationship, less now, but just realizing that the trauma will show up. Like you, if you don't want to share your trauma with someone else because it feels embarrassing or shameful or like they're not going to understand, then you're going to be like, do I want this relationship? This seems hard. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? And so there's always going to be, you're always going to face different challenges. And a lot of, it's always you, but it's just like, do I feel like dealing with that? So like even people sometimes seek relationships thinking it's going to save them for something or be safe in what like, you know, save them from a lot of times doing the work on yourself and committed relationships that you're like trying to really be down for someone really requires work from you because you have to be honest with yourself when you're not being cool or you're being triggered or if you're really not ready to settle down and do the cha- like the challenging things that being in a committed relationship require. So there's you can't well, the work that you haven't done is always going to show up in all your relationships, whether they're good or bad, you know, and the work that has, I mean, the one thing that I will say that I, I, it's a, I haven't always acted on the reaction, but I've, if I haven't fled physically, like by nigga, it's emotionally, that's always how it goes Mm -hmm. fast, quick. And then the physical part comes where I'm like, I'm actually not here anymore for you. But I've just noticed that that's, that has been like the easiest thing for me to do, not just in this relationship, because he made it easy at first, um, but also in my other relationships, like I will disconnect or like I will just stop engaging at all, you know, like certain relationships. Yes, granted. But like even in my, even my relationship with, what did we call him? Poetry Bay. (laughs) I was like, in my mind, I was very much, I loved him. Like I was in love with him. Now thinking about that, I'm like, bitch, stop. No. But when I was done, like I literally disconnected. Like it was like the easiest disconnection I've ever had. I think about also like the relationship I had with my long, one of my long-term boyfriends actually that we also interviewed when we interviewed our exes again, disconnected, like, like nothing like went on to, I think that's, I started dating my baby daddy like a week later. (laughs) (laughs) Like I went to New York, we made out, we had sex and then I was in love again. And so that was my way of running. I would run into different relationships. Mm. I would just go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And then when I stopped doing that, it was now I'm disconnecting. I'm not going back to another relationship, but I, I am going to disconnect quickly and move on quickly. And I just like, the more I talk to, I feel like older women too. I was having this conversation with someone yesterday and she was just like, she's been married. She's divorced now. And she was like, you know, and I was like, how is your marriage going? Like, how's it going? She she's, was recently married, like, three three years ago, maybe. And um, she was just like, you, know, you have to choose your friend, ultimately. Like, listen, what I've learned about marriage is, like, I'm not always going to love all your choices. I'm not always going to like everything. Sometimes shit is going to be bad. But, like, do I like you? Are you my friend? Like, how do I feel about that? 
Because I ultimately, I'm going to go through my shit too. You're not going to like everything I do. She's like, I'm cranky and shit and I don't, I'm not going to change it. That's just who the fuck I am. And he loves me and that's, he's my friend and like, he doesn't like it, but it, are we going to leave each other for that? No. Like, is everything else, the friendship and all the things in between and like the connection that we have, the way we're able to communicate, the way we're able to show up for one another, is that worth? Does that outweigh that? Mm-hmm. I know, I know, and then that, and then you know what? It's also about if you're if you have generally been in relationships that people have made it easy for you to choose saying peace out. If you if you make it like if you give me a reason, people are I think innately runners when that's what you're used to, and so you have options to leave. You know, you don't feel like you you're going to commit or it's stuck or it's forever, and that there's a leisure in that, there's a comfortability <laughs> in that, or you should be too close. But when you but when you start to be with someone and, and and you try to make their reason for you to like walk away because that's what you're used to choosing, like the cycle of, okay, I'll find someone else, mm-hmm. then it will be easier for you to do that. And so when you're with somebody and you're like, fuck, I could, like, there's, this is not a really valid reason because I still want to be with you, even though you get on my nerves, even though this, this, and that. It's like because you're my friend, even though you fucked up, even, even though, though, even you though know? you fucked up, even though, oh God, you're, you're you fucking nuts. You're, you know, and it's like, but I, I love you and I, I'm learning to, well, for him, like, I think for my relationship in particular, um, we didn't, we weren't friends first. We literally went straight into mm. love affair. Like, it was like, especially because he doesn't live here, you know, so he's far away. And so it's easy for it to feel fairy tale like and even though we're talking on the phone every like all the time, it's different. Like I'm not, a, I realize I am not a phone talking ass bitch. Yeah, no. I don't like talking on the phone. I don't have much to say. I don't want to figure out what to say. I really would just like you to lead the conversation. If you want to ask me some shit, I'll answer it. But like <clears throat> long distance relationships, it's not Suck. ideal. Yeah. And honestly, we're much better in person because of that. Because I'm like, uh, uh-uh. but you know. Even and because of that, I think that we didn't really, even though we were long distance, we we got to know each other. But like the friendship just wasn't there. It's different when like you really are able to like be in someone's space, be in their day to day, understand what their day to day looks like, you know. And long distance can be really challenging in that way. So I think the friendship element, I've realized, I've I know that that's important because that's typically how I've started all my relationships. Like my baby daddy, he was my home. Like we were cool. You know what I mean? Like the guy that I dated, you know, before that or after that, like I'd known him for years. We were cool, you know, but skipping the friendship part will have you fucked up. will have your intuition fucked up. will have you running because you're like, I don't even know you like that. Right. I'm out of here. I don't need this. I don't look I at you friends, like, I don't yeah. look you like, I don't look at you like a friend. You're disposable to me. You've hurt my heart. Like, no, like there's no friendship there. Right. So it's like when you skip that part. It's like I feel like it's a recipe for disaster and life and I'll never I would never do that again. I would never jump into something like that again. The friendship part is essential. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, because you do give your friends a different type of grace. Um, but, yeah, the friendship part is definitely essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, think about you and Orlando's relationship. It was built on friendship first. I mean, yes, you were lovers quick, but like you really had to like be honest with one another in a way that most couples are not, you know what I mean? Like you were being honest about like where you were at dating and like what you, you know, all the different things you were doing without fear that he was going to leave you because that was your friend. Right. 
versus like him not being your friend and then you withholding certain things, parts of yourself and vice versa. So when shit pops off and, and he's a human or you're human, you're like, uh, uh-uh. I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool on your humanness. We yeah. ain't even got, we're not even close like that. Right. I don't even know you like that nigga for you to be human. Like you're supposed to take care of my heart. You're supposed to love me. And that's that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think that the the way my relationship with Orlando panned out, it could it couldn't have been any better. And it, and because we were long distance, it wasn't forced. It wasn't like I love you and we're going to be together. It was like okay, we live fucking two thousand miles away from each other, so I love you, but yeah, I'll see you when I see you. You know, I'll see you around because it, there was there could not be a long term plan at that time because neither one of us were in the position to give that. And because of that, we knew we weren't going to not be in each other's lives or not not be friends. I don't think you wanted that either. No, you weren't, you weren't even looking for that, you know, like I kind of was like I was like when I met him, like I was ac- like intentionally dating. I wanted to like be with someone. I was ready to not be fucking alone anymore. So when I met that had that connection. I immediately like held on to it and was like, OK, this is it. We're like, I feel it. And like skip you skipped the friendship part because you didn't even give yourself a chance. But there's also that, too. Right. Like <laughs> there's that are you dating because I don't want to be alone anymore? And I'm not saying don't be intentional about dating, but I think that not having expectations or not, not, not wanting it because you're allowed to want it. But sometimes we want something like not saying this for you. I'm just saying in general, like sometimes you want something so bad and you're, you're like, you don't want, you've made this statement. And so the next person who comes, you're like, mm-hmm. you're going to be my person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's like, maybe that's not your person, but you want someone because you don't want to be alone or because you, you understand and like long for the perks of partnership. But sometimes it's just not with that person. So it's like, it's, it's important that even if you want it, you are aware not to mold someone into your fantasy that you have or your, well, it's you know. not out of a deficit. Right. But you know, it's not a deficit, but also like people always say like, you don't, you need to, you'll find the person you want like when you are like when you love yourself when you've done the work on yourself and like yes i agree with that i also that 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 concept also kind of annoys me a little bit because i'm just like yeah but then when you meet that person you realize that there's like this piece that not was missing but that wow there's even more there's an extra piece that i didn't even know i i needed and i don't feel bad about knowing that like <clears throat> maybe there was some sort of like thing missing that this person filled in for you know i think like people will wait and wait and wait and wait and it's like you're never going to find that perfect exact piece like it might come in perfect and then that nigga or that bitch is gonna it's gonna be a little crunchy at times and then you figure it out again sometimes it does come in perfect you know or sometimes it doesn't come in perfect and i don't get to write my fucking fairy tale right I don't get to decide that my Prince Charming rolls in and is exactly Perfect. as I hoped he was going to show up in his shining armor. He won't. That doesn't exist. But it does. But people think that's how it's supposed to exist, that yeah. that's the storyline of their fairy tale. And like, if this is the fairy tale that's playing out in my life right now, like <clears throat> it's it's untraditional. It's different. It's not always it, we've we had challenges early on. Well, not really early on, but I guess early on and things of that and all those things. But I think that as women, we have to kind of let go of this idea of what your fairy tale is supposed to look like. And I'm not saying that you like downplay your wants and needs. I'm not saying that you make compromise these big compromises with yourself because ultimately, you know what you can handle and what you can't, you know, and you and you actively choose the opposite if that's what you're doing. 
But I do think that we have been really hard on men because they haven't made it easy for us. And I think that and they do one wrong thing and it's easy for us to protect ourselves and go into defense mechanisms because other men have also, you know, done fuck shit. And so it's a whole it's all of you niggas as a whole. And so it's harder to because then you you kind of group them all together and then your friends have boyfriends that ain't shit, too. And you're like, it's definitely all of them. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's, and it's easy to protect yourself by distancing yourself and by putting up these un, unbreakable walls, you know, but like. But there, the thing is, is like there are a lot of men that make are making really poor choices. And there's a, a maybe like a pool of men that are making really amazing choices all the time. Right. And the same goes for women. I think on a higher rate, women are making better choices. I mean, call me fucking biased. I don't give a fuck. But. <clears throat> So what are we going to do? There's a lot of women. There's more women in this world than there are men. <laughs> so are we just going to discard the niggas that are kind of fucked up and maybe are down to do the work and but like need need that support, need that support? Or are we just going to all like try to find this like unicorn of a man that's already healed, already done all the work? There's also like this, this idea of what that man is going to be like. He's going to be tall. He's going to know how to garden. He's going to own plants. That no, he list. might be like a short small Indian man. Small king? It might be a little Indian man. That's extreme. I mean, that's not... I'm extreme. being specific because bitches, some bitches would be like, I'll never, I could never imagine myself dating this type of person. It's like, that was your soulmate. You didn't even fucking know, bitch. Orlando was not my type. I said it. I was just like, I don't know if this is my... Like, but he wasn't my type, but then I started to like him. And when we came back from Mexico, within like the first month and a half of me knowing him, if he would have been like, let's be together, I would have been like, okay. I was not looking for a man. I had just got a relationship. But I, a part of me, a little bit, was a hope, like, kind of wanted that. Mm-hmm. I've never admitted that ever in my life out loud. But if he would... It's a security. You wanted yeah. I was like, oh, you didn't have a great time? Fuck you. But also, I mean, I'm not the type of person to say, to vocalize my feelings like that. Because it was kind of crazy. But I've had that inkling. Like, but it wasn't crazy because you guys did have a really, you know, cosmic experience with one another. And so it's natural to feel like that that longing especially if there are things missing in your life but but had that happened it would have been much easier for me to discard him when he did things that were pissing me off and that challenged me especially because we had this extremely honest no secrets like relationship like had we been in a relationship early, that would not have lasted. I'm grateful that that did not happen and it took a year of friendship like solid friendship to kind of know that we were ready for whatever we were about to take this into. But when I when we met, I was like, if by the time I turn 35, you'll be 31 and you'll be old enough. If we don't, or like, thir- maybe I said 36. Uh, if we don't find anyone else, we'll be together. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, nigga, I'm number one. You're not going to find anyone better than me. <laughs> not going to happen. Good luck. <laughs> so it was like that. And there, there was an agreement. But yeah, the friendship shit is like, that's an, like, that's not even, like, it's huge. It's a huge piece, even if it's your person. And there was this, in, like, spirit was saying, I'm going to pump the brakes for you. I'm going to not even have that be in mention because I know how valuable this one year of, like, platonic slash, you know, erotic relation, intimate relationship will look like and how much it's going to serve you. Because now, yeah, he does get on my nerves. And even in the beginning, I was like, this is, like, too good to be true or too, like, like this is, like, the, like I was bracing myself for when the, for when the uh, honeymoon phase ended, you know, because he moved in. I was like, ugh. And, but I told you this one time too. I'm like, 
Yeah, but I, one thing I'll ask myself is like, but are you going to, do you want to live a life without him specifically? And I, the answer is always no. Mm-hmm. No matter what, like if, it, if I can't see my, I still don't want to live without you. Even if you fuck up, even if you do this, even if you said that thing, like there have been challenging things. And I realized it's easier for me to be like, I'm good. And it's been a challenge to be in a relationship in ways I never, I ne- you know, you want a relationship, it's going to be so much easier, you're going to have support, but there's challenges that come that, you know, are also required of you. Just because you find a partner and you find your soulmate doesn't mean the challenges stop coming and the healing and the evolution, like, ends. Like, everything doesn't become perfect. Well, it's like this toxic soulmate fucking narrative of like you meet this person it's instagram you see these people and they're in love and they're like soulmates and they share their story you're like oh my god so beautiful and then like then real life happens and that's when you realize is your soul is it your soulmate or is it your fucking lust mate or did you actually like love this person as a friend like can you work through all of the ups and downs when they say marriage like is till death do us part it's really like how much of fucking besties are you that's what the fuck that means. I'm gonna have mine changed. Like, how much your motherfucking how much of a fucking bestie are you? Is what do death the, till death, death do us part, part means. Yeah. It's not a, this like romantic notion. It's really not that sexy, you know. And and it really comes when you when that is really when you're really faced with that. And I'm not married, so I can only imagine like what that what that vow feels like. But I mean, ultimately, they're just words. But are you really that person's friend? Like, and then when I was talking to my friend who's, you know, married again for the second time, she's in her fifties and has like four kids that are off to college. And she's lived a really like juicy life. I could, as as Morgan DeBond said about us. I don't know who said that that? from the stacks podcast. Oh, right. Tracy said that. And she's lived a really fucking juicy life. This woman, She's a son. She's seen it all, all types, celebrity types, regular people types, <laughs> like weirdos, nerds. And I asked her, I've been asking that too. I asked my grandmother too, like yesterday, I've been like really like curious about like talking to like the, my elders and really understanding their perspective because ultimately I can be impulsive and I can make my choices right now as a 35 year old. And this is all I know. And this is what I deserve. And this is the respect that I want. But like, what do you feel later on in life after you've done all the things and maybe you've done that and maybe you haven't, you know, like what are the, about the things that you require about the things you require and the things that like mattered when you were 35 versus mm. matters now. Mm-hmm. And granted, like everyone's you know position is different on this, but you know, like with her, that was her thing. She was like, are there things that like are annoying that like are not ideal that? Yeah. But ultimately, like, that's my friend and I love him and he loves me and that's that and that's it. And I'm I, I don't want to be friends with anyone else. I'd rather be friending with this person versus anybody else. Nesting, friending. right? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I asked my grandmother um, what her biggest regret was in life. <laughs> <laughs> and she said getting married <laughs> I said interesting and I was like do you think you just married the wrong people and she's like probably then there's that marrying like <clears throat> I think doing the doing the steps having the friendship then the relationship really friendship then the relationship but then choosing marriage is so essential because a lot of people also choose marriage because it checks off a box Especially women, and a lot of well, them- she got married because she got pregnant. Because I asked her about why'd you marry your first husband? She's like, I was pregnant. That's why I married him. 
Because religion said so. Because mm-hmm. it was like 19 fucking whatever, 58, and you can't be unwed and pregnant in 20, you know? And then the second one was, well, it was my grandfather, and she said um, he knew how to balance a checkbook. Because that was also the thing that she kept saying, like, about things that she wished she knew or that she did more of. It was all related to money, which I was like, so money is something that, like, you've been, do you feel stressed about? Like, you've felt stressed about your whole life. And she's like, I just, it's important. You can't. You can't go around that. <laughs> she's not lying. It is important. <laughs> like, so even at 85, you realize. Money's still important. You need money, okay? Um, And I said, is there anything you regret? She's like, no, I did everything I wanted to do. She's like, if I didn't want to be married, I wasn't married. If I wanted to move out, I moved out. If I wanted to be, my grandmother was an, you know, interior designer. She just figured it out because she, you know, needed a career. I did that, you know? And so I was like, that's cool to just also do that. Like, yeah, marriage maybe wasn't for her and she didn't find the husbands, but ultimately she still chose herself. And that's where the, that's where you have to trust yourself is that and that's where I, and that's where I think where I do trust myself is that like, I'm always going to, I don't have a problem choosing myself. Like, well, yeah, because because you've because you've done a lot of work, so it's, you can't unchoose yourself because I don't have you know problem. better. I don't have a yeah, I don't have a problem choosing myself. I'm always going to do that. Um, I do the friendship element. I think with men, I have a problem with. I'm not. I don't have a lot of male. I really have friends that I know, but like I don't have a lot of patience. I haven't had a lot of patience for male humanness. Like, if you do some bullshit, get the fuck away from me. Oh, that's some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like maybe like, no, no, I haven't. I have not. And so I realized that not just in this relationship, but just in general. And like, where does that come from? I just, I feel so deeply that this chapter of our lives, like, you know, we're in our mid thirties. We've, you know, committed to this life of like evolving and growing and like self-reflection and there's really no getting around it. And we, we, we live in this, this realm of reality that is so fucked up. It's not reality at all. And we become domesticated and socialized in this society that is very, very skewed. This is, this is not real. And so we have to remember that a, we are human and everyone outside of us is also human too. And a part of that is really like, going inside and saying like what am i carrying what is po- what has poisoned me to like have filters you know like have less less uh empathy for people less uh you know regard for people because i've cho- like i've seen it this way or i'm tainted the trauma the healing you know even like you t- saying what you asked your grandmother like i'm just thinking last year this time I was I went to the trip in uh, with my grandmother to fucking oh North Carolina South North Carolina to some like random peninsula or whatever haunted ho- haunted house some haunted house because <laughs> she insisted that we do like a family trip every year I don't know why she chose this place but I uh, there was questions I wanted to record asking her because Alondra told us had that we had that episode with Alondra and I was like I'll just do it next year and you know th- like she just she passed she transitioned and it's just like and I was talking about after that trip. mortality and that like realizing people are getting older and that like we don't have this life forever and like she passed kind of unexpectedly because she was like kicking it her grand her sister died a week after that and I've just been like and like I physically saw like the the like her spirit leave the body like I've never been around like 
this like meat suit and then seeing the like the tr- like how the spirit actually slowly leaves slowly leaves and then like touching her after and like it feeling like it's it's a suit <laughs> you know essentially like we like a sack of it's a sack of skin and you know and i feel like regret obviously for not having those conversations and asking certain things and my grandmother lived like one time she told me like i was like should i go out we were she was like you know like sleep when you're dead <laughs> that's what she told me and she we've discussed her death very often and like she was comfortable with like the transition which made it easier for me but even though she lived she traveled she was married a couple times like i saw where there was still root like anger hurt it would come out it lash out in ways and like even with my own mother you the know humanness in her the humanness and I realized so much of that is from just unresolved shit that we refuse to pull up and look at and examine and say, this makes me uncomfortable or like, and sometimes you won't even know it's there. That's what I'm going to say. A lot of times you don't even know it's there. But you have to be willing to look at things and be like, oh God, that's me. That's not, that's ugly, you know? And just like a part of living this life differently as women I think living this life and in, in like to honor our ancestors is really taking advantage of the, the freedom we have to heal and taking advantage of like looking at ourselves and saying, how can I grow? You know, how can I look like do things differently? And like just choosing yourself is so fucking important in that. And just like even having an attachment to living is stupid. <laughs> Because we don't you have die. No choice. We, we don't die, and we all go, and we're still probably swimming and flying in the ethers together. Mm-hmm. And this is such a like profound experience. And we probably do it a few, um, a lot of cycles, but just <clears throat> as women, you know, just honoring ourselves, our intuition, our humanness, each other's humanness, and leading with that, and not to say accept everyone because people, some people don't deserve your your attachment and your attention and, and your energy because we don't have t- a lot of time. But just like, should, what you want to do is important. No, it's true. It's true. But you just reminded me that I did record my grandfather and I need to record my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But that's why it actually came up yesterday when I was thinking, when I was talking to her and I was watching, I was looking at her. I'm just saying she's, she is at, she's nearing the end of her life. Not that there's something going wrong, but like she is, you know, and I'm just like, so curious to know what you in this lifetime in this iteration of your that your soul like what are your regrets what do you what is the most successful thing you did like what are you most proud of right you know and because i think it ultimately like it's almost like it's the cheat code for us the cheat code for me especially she is my ancestor Mm -hmm. in ways and she's still here with me, you know. What what, can, what information can I get and or know about myself or learn about myself from having these conversations? Mm-hmm. You know, even like we had a, we were interviewing some of our audience because we're we in a business coach program because <laughs> um, we we're trying to be better businesswomen, and we we're interviewing some of our audience. And someone was like, "Yeah, I just want I love like your freedom. I just want to hang out with you guys." And I was like, "Really? I want to cuddle." Okay, someone else said they wanted to cuddle. I love that. God, I love that so much. I was like, I can do that. <laughs> Where do you live? Uh, just come to the retreat. Yeah. I'll, we'll like, honestly, we will cuddle you. I'll cuddle the shit I'll out of you. People are like, what is going on over there? Cuddling? Just cuddles. That's it. Deep cuddles. Don't uh, know where shit. 
And she was just like, you know, I see my mom and my grandma and I'm like, I'm not going to be like that. Like they don't seem happy. And I was just like, whoa, I felt that because sometimes I would just see like, and we excuse older women, you know, like, oh, there she's Aggie and like, you know, they're straight and they're full red. But like, sometimes it's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and we see it. We see the joy in children. You notice that? Like, even look at age. You see the pure bliss in children because it's before life has fucking toxified you with bullshit and, like, sadness and reality because, like, and so there's this inner anger. This hardness this that ha- happens. Yes. And it's like, how do we hold on to that childlike love, that bliss? You know what I mean? And, like, it's... You so- have to... I don't know... I think some people are gifted in the way that they can. I think that for the most part, we we don't, and we can't. We I don't want to say we can't. For the most part, we don't. What we what we can do is fight to get it back. And we have to fight to get it back because everything around us is going to tell us that we can't do those things and that we shouldn't do those things, and that's irresponsible, or that's for kids, or those days are done, or God, you're weird, you're silly. Like, you know, and one thing I will say is like the people that are living their life for them and really don't give a fuck look the best. Of course. They look the best. They give zero fucks. They give zero fucks and they look young. And yeah, granted, they might have hurt some people along the way because there is a messiness in that if you're not, if you don't have it fucking together in ways and you haven't really explored certain parts of yourself and why maybe you do need to grow up in certain ways. But I think that there is... I think that for the most part, people do lose that. I would say 99% of people do. Well, There are those 1%s, though, and those are the ones that everyone's like, she's a weird bitch. Oh, right. Of course. Oh, she's so weird. Yeah. But, but there's also, I think, like, honestly, I'm so ex- I'm happy that I'm so happy I went on this tantrum retreat before going on our retreat because I feel like my cup is so full and I feel like there has to be practice. You have to practice. You have to have a practice in order to yeah. choose joy. Mm-hmm. You In a world like this, you have to choose joy. You don't just wake up with it every day because there is real fear of, of not having money, of not having food, that the government is fucking our food, that we, all types of shit, we didn't renew our passport. All these fake lies will like take away our joy and you have to have this practice. And I just, in this retreat, in this container, <laughs> I experienced, I, Things, of course, come up, but I experienced a community and a practice that allows the things to come up and then encourages you to examine them and dig down and be gentle with yourself and ask, what is this poison and how? what are the practices that I've learned in order to remove it or dissolve it and move through it? And every time something comes up, it happens, you know, like you could just really, you could either choose to like ignore it or you just dive right deep into it. And it's okay, like to have feelings around it and all these practices that really teach us to look at things and then either you know dissolve them release them and like even use pleasure as a like an antidote and a medicine for it but we are not taught and we're not you know can like yeah we're not taught in finding practice to choose joy and one of the things i learned about this at this place is like there were so many different types of people people from canada from idaho shout out to like i had made up so many friends that i probably would have never ever made friends with and hearing trauma and stories that I was like, oh my fucking God, bitch, and you're still laughing? And and like, and like Marianne, like my friend in Idaho who grew up Mormon and was telling me how like the bishop asked, like asks the people like, have you been masturbating lately? Like the kids go alone in this room with the Mormon bishops and they're like harassing them about masturbation. masturbation. 
And like what he pulled out some pictures that she, someone had sent, like all this crazy, horrible things that go on in these communities. And that's just like such a small percentage of the trauma that like is created in our society period. But like she was joyous and happy. And even Debbie, who's the owner of the school and authentic Tantra. And she's so joyous, like a child, Mm -hmm. like a baby, but there's just, you know, you, we all have to literally choose joy, choose to look at ourselves and the things that happen to us and the people that fuck us and release that shit in order to choose joy and make the best out of this very short life that we have in order to make space for pleasure and to be filled with that and just say, no, I'm not, I don't want that bullshit. Fuck mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy you said that, that word practice, because I realized for me specifically, and this might not be for everyone, but I need practices in order to find the joy. Like I actually like, are we supposed to be at her coach right now? I'm, I know I'm late. They're going to kill me. Um, I have to be in practice of something, whether that's movement, whether that's eating well, whether that's actually fucking like having practice, whether that's like doing Reiki on myself every morning and every night, I feel like a highly functional, happy person when I'm doing that. I can speak like yesterday when I was spiraling on Instagram, it's because I haven't been in practice of shit. I've just been working, like trying to get shit done. That is like the sure way to make me unhappy mm-hmm. and will make me start questioning the work that I do that makes me happy because I'm not also in practice of like it's it's self-care essentially, you know, or just paying attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not actively paying attention to myself. I'm paying attention to everything that's outside of me. Yeah. And that that's a sure way to disaster. So then when you're telling me I should choose happiness, like I haven't even chosen myself. How the fuck am I supposed to choose happiness? I haven't even paid attention to myself in weeks. You know, and so I know that like that for me, that's what I need. Some people, that's not what they need for to choose, you know, happiness or whatever. Some people just need to be around, be out and about. And like, that's how they recharge. And that's what brings them joy, you know. So I encourage you, not you, but whoever's listening and you and me (laughs) to really like think about like, right. What is it that makes you what is it that would make you be able to choose joy every day? What is what are the things that you would need in order to do that like what is the perfect set of things or experiences or people What's your ten spot? yeah people or like what is that you know because i think we, we haven't even thought about that sometimes it's kind of just like when you're kind of just shooting in the dark and then you're like fuck it you wake up and you're not happy or, or you have that moment where you're like damn i am being a bitch or why am i being short if you even have that moment but it's because you haven't even paid attention to your body, how you feel. You can you don't know what makes you happy because you haven't tapped into it. So everything is going to make you unhappy and not have pleasure because you haven't even said, "Wait, what brings me pre- what brings me pleasure and presence and what can I eliminate?" Mm-hmm. And also, when you do write these things down, you start to create a toolbox that you can go back to when you do wake up and you feel like in a fucked up mood. Like for me, like yesterday when I was spiraling, I was like, "Bitch, what the fuck is wrong with you?" And I was like, "Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What what do I need to do?" What what is like one like thing in my toolbox, for lack of a better word, that I can pull out that is going to like take the edge off of me right now? And I was like, let me go for a run, even though I don't want to, even though I fucking don't want to, you know, and I did it. And then I was like, OK, not 100 percent, but we're nine. We're like 10 percent edge off, you know, like so being able to know what those things are. So you're just not every day waking up like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. And you're like, bitch, that's because you don't know what makes you happy at all. So figure that out. 
write down use that shit when you feel stressed the fuck out (laughs) you have to you have to and some of the things are going to seem ridiculous some of the things that you find are medicine are the most basic shit and there was a few times at the retreat i was like oh my god this might be a cult but then it wasn't it was just that it's the, the 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 ways to freedom and the ways to practice and like moving your body you know meditate there's be silent shut the fuck up <laughs> listen to your body breathe <laughs> it's like so basic but then you you do it and you know and you and other people are committed to doing it and it seems so foreign and it's not you know it's just it's really simple you'd be surprised at the things that you need to make yourself happy you don't need to go shopping you don't need those are cool that's sometimes that helps too that's like i always like to go eat and have a drink you, you know like, Should I have an issue? <laughs> um well, also, like, what are you putting in your body? Because, yeah, I can eat and have a drink and all those things. But, like, are those things that make you happy, too? Like, yeah. then also, like, in the long term, deteriorating yourself towards yeah. your ultimate happiness? I mean, you know? and also, I, I had a moment like this at the retreat. Something happened. It was like, kind of, like, a little bit stressful. And I was like, hey, Marianne, you want to go get a drink? <laughs> you want to go get something fried? You know? She's like, okay. Everyone else was like, no, I think I'm just going to meditate. I was like, I'm an alcoholic. And then I got there and I was like, no, not alcoholic. This is what brings me pleasure. <laughs> me and Mary Ann. <laughs> She's like, woo. <laughs> you know, and then and then there, there's that. And then there's balance. And, uh, and that's another thing. It's just like everything's with balance. It's not, it's not bad or good. There's no good or bad. It's just balance. You know, what is it like in what moment that brings you the things that you need? And you have to be in touch with yourself to figure out what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, do you want me to talk about my um, my yoni massage for Hori? Oh yeah, did, wait, did you get one? No, I was oh. just there. I was oh. there. <laughs> Horror stories. Yeah. So okay. So Mila, you went on this retreat. You went on this tantra retreat. Mm-hmm. She's an authentic tantra school, and she at the retreat you get hands on experience. Well, like demo, yeah. demonstrations, demonstrations, and hands on experience, like practicing. So tantra is like the I feel like the study of really pleasure in all of its forms, and including obviously it sexually, like sexual pleasure, and uh, even the trauma and things we store in our bodies. Um, so. What were you saying? Continue. Sorry. Oh, I was just letting the people know in case they didn't know. Like, I mean, I know you've mentioned that you went to a retreat, but like what is actually happening at these retreats so that they don't just think you went on a retreat and we're getting okay. yoni mapped and right, shit. Like right. what is the <laughs> So the retreat is, is essentially it's not a retreat. It's an intensive. It was, it's an embodiment because we've been studying for a year. And like I said, there's movement involved. There's breath. Um, it's a Tibetan practice that's been around for thousands of years. And so it's been, it's been mostly, um, transferred orally. And she's like the first person to ever write it in books. So we're studying this Tibetan Tantra practice. That's the lineage. And there's lots of Tantra practices. There's, you'll see a lot of Neo practices, but this is the only government uh, accredited school. And so there we're doing a lot of things that may seem weird to other people, but like we said, we're meditating, we're union breathing, we're connecting with one another, we're going inside, we're uh, dancing, and we're uh, learning, you know, all of the all the things yoni and lingams, penises and pussies. And so one of the things is we're learning how to use the mudras to f- bring pleasure in your erogenous zone. So I, you can either receive one, you can give one. I was an observer and I saw one earlier in the day and I just, you know, 
the girl had a breakthrough. She shed a tear. She was crying a little bit because a lot of times when you explore these places, things come up. Mm-hmm. You store trauma literally in you know in all parts of your body. But a lot of us just from living in so like Western civilization have sexual traumas. Um, you know, men are get fucking circumcised. Women are shamed for their sexuality. So there's a lot of storage of things. So sometimes in in those explorations, like in the trauma, there are releases that are unexpected. Anyway, I saw one. It was great. They told us it was optional. So I went to my room and I told them before I left, I'm not going to, I'm going to sit this one out. Mm -hmm. She said, fine. It starts raining. Then they text me like, hey, we assigned your group. I was like, yeah, I'm chilling. And then someone else is like, hey, your group is sound. So I was like, well, she told me I could sit out. She was like, well, this is the last one. So I was like, something was like, maybe you're supposed to go. And I was like, fine. So I go. It's just my friend. It's just my friend, Marianne, my friend, Maria. I I got my permission to share this story and a facilitator and me. And I I was an observer. So I was reading, you know, I was reading her what she needs to do, going through the practices. Totally just So a student is doing this on her. And so you. A student and a student. A student, student. So the student is doing this and she's reading through the text. I'm reading through the text. Oh, you're reading through the text. So she knows step by step what you're supposed to be doing. And is it, what is like, I'm so curious, like what the scene, I know I'm going to do this next year, but I'm so curious, like what the scene is like. Is it like. Is there so, music playing, so, so, or is so, it just like straight educational? No. So part of so part of it is okay. Let's set up the environment. Okay. Like, and we so asked and we asked the receiver, "What do you want?" So we had fruits. We made. I made her tea. We like brought all the pillows in the room. We lowered the lights. We had candles. Okay. Like, there was music because this is what she requested. Got so it. this is something like so. If I was after I'm done school and a couple comes in, this is what the like environment will basically embody. Whatever brings you pleasure. And so I was reading as if, like, I was if I was instructing a couple and they were exploring each other, or if someone was wanting to explore on themselves, you know, we'd use a model. But in this instance, the students who were my, you know, my my peers were doing each other, and I was given the role of reading through the mudras to make sure she was doing the right thing. And then there was a facilitator. I was I wasn't supposed to be there in my mind, so I started reading it. It was great. It's not. I love them. It was fun. But I was like ready to go. So I was like flipping the page, saying we were almost done, and I was just like, you know, watching. So the one, the girl who's like receiving is starting to really, really, uh, really get like aroused and start to experience pleasure. And I just like I a lot of this practice, a lot of the work we've done is just checking in with my ourselves. So I literally was like, why is it started to make me feel uncomfortable? And I was like, why is this making me so uncomfortable? And I was like, I'm like, she looks pretty. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, she looks like she's a goddess. She's like a nice robe on. And like, Marianne is a f- great. Like, she knows exactly what she was doing. She knew all the steps. The teacher was great. Everything was great. I was just like, why is this making me so uncomfortable? And also, if this makes you uncomfortable, bitch, how are you going to do this in real life? Did you just waste a year of your life at this school? And then I had to really start exploring, like, it's not the nudity that makes me uncomfortable. Like, what is it about seeing this is making me uncomfortable? So I observed that. I kept going. And then she really starts to get into it. But then she says, I feel like I can't surrender. And I was like, then it dawned on me. I was like, there's no fucking way in hell I'd be able to be, I wanted to be a receiver, but I was like, I could have never done this. Like, I could have never surrendered with people watching me, you know? Mm. So I was like, yeah, I could have never done this. This is crazy. So it kept going. <laughs> then she's like starting to like or- cut orgasm and she starts to squirt. So I'm trying to, I'm looking, but also like not trying to get squirted on. And she's starting to orgasm. And I... Well, thank you for that, Hori. 
make sure you go check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash good moms, bad choices. I think that people are either going to be totally freaked out or they're going to want to find the bitch in Topanga Canyon. I know. I don't. It's a spiritual hurry. I don't want to. You know, discredited by calling it a hoary, but it was a spiritual hoary because I was like a little shocked mm-hmm. that that happened. Yeah, but um, make sure you go check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash good moms bad choices to hear this hoary and a lot of other horries that you probably haven't heard on the show. Um, is it tarot time? It is tarot time. I feel like we've gotten this one before. We have... This one came in reverse. <clears throat> the Hanged Man. I usually don't read the reverse, but it looks... Okay. You, you feel called to do it today? Tarot time! Shout out to... Pity Tarot. Pity Tarot. And also Mahogany Tarot. Make sure you go check out Mahogany Tarot, the our, our official, unofficial tarot deck of Good Moms, Bad Choices show. They didn't even know they were going to be that, but they are. <laughs> She's in the tribes. So. We love supporting black women businesses, brown women businesses, all businesses, but we're black women. So if you want to share your business with us, DM us. We give special prices to our small business owners because we know how hard it can be out here in these business streets. In these business streets. It's hard. Entrepreneurship is hard. And sometimes you just need someone to really rep your shit. And we be repping. You know what I'm saying? Only shit we endorse, though. (laughs) (sighs) The upright hanged man encourages you to pause for a moment and see things from a different perspective. Reverse this card can show that you know you need to hit the pause button, but you are resisting it. Instead, you fill your days with tasks and projects, keeping busy and distracting yourself from the actual issue that needs your attention. Mm -hmm. Your spirit and body are asking you to slow down, but your mind keeps racing. Stop and rest before it's too late. The universe will only dial up the volume if you ignore it. And as a result, you may end up crashing. So so as soon as you hear a call, clear your schedule, come to the Good Vibe Retreat, and make the space so you can tune in and listen. You may already be in a position where everything has been put on hold, much to your frustration. Mm. The reveal of the hangman can indicate a time when you're getting blocked, stuck, or restricted because other people or other circumstances have left you on hold. While you feel resistant, it's important that you surrender to what is and let go of your attachment to how things should be. Be in flow with life, even if it's not as you expected it. Seriously, when does it ever go exactly as you expected? And loosen your grip. Did we not just say that? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's mm-hmm. Amen. I believe I, re- I received that. I know you received that too. I, you know, that's what I was feeling yesterday. I was like, I need a second. Even today when I was like, I'll be an hour late because I need to pause for a second. And now that we're going to Mexico, because the Good Vibra Tree is literally like my pause. I was like, we're right on time. It is my pause, okay? I'm I'm technically working slash healing slash making best friends. So well, yeah, this is the life we created, designed. I'm really excited to go into this container with my friend. Bitch, if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're coming on the retreat and you hear fucking Jamila say container, just know every time she says it, I'm like wincing just a little bit. Remember we used to wince when we said boyfriend? Oh, God, that episode. Remember that episode? Like, we're like, we, we have, have boyfriend. Yeah, those, that guy. We should have known. The way we, the way we said that, bitch, our, our bodies were resisting. They were like, are you sure, how? We should have known. Those niggas ain't your boyfriends. I think we need to practice saying the word first. That was step one. They were our practice boyfriends. I know. We were such hoes. We didn't even know how to like say the word boyfriend. We were just like, 
Friend boy. Friend boy. Friend boy. Now look at us. Boyfriend, boyfriend, my man, my man, me, my man. I still don't like the word boyfriend. I don't like partner, but I say it sometimes. I don't like partner either. I feel like I the society. I, I mean, I've me. always called him my lover for the most part. And I kind of like to stick with that. But then I feel like I want to like take it up a notch. But I don't know what that is. And the next, the up notch would be partner. But I don't like that. It sounds. Not take it up a notch. You know, like lover is like. Lover is lover. But it feels like a little bit cash. <laughs> It was a little cash. Lover seems, I don't know if it's cash, but. Uh, Not my cash, like. I don't know. My bow. My bow? I like my bow. My bow, it sounds kind of European. Uh, what about my old mate? No. <laughs> my lifer. My lifer? My lifer. <laughs> you want to be my lifer? Hey, baby. You want to be my lifer? This is my lifer. You know you want to be my lifer? My love lifer. <laughs> That's kind of scary. It sounds like fucking lockdown. Is that lit? It keeps getting unlit. Okay, anyway, we're rambling. We don't want to get any bad reviews. <laughs> but if you haven't left a review, please go make sure you leave one please on Apple. That's probably a good one. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch this episode on YouTube. Make sure you check out Patreon again. And I'm exceedingly high at this point, so I'm going to stop talking because when I talk in high, sometimes when I talk in high, see, I get a little slow. You guys know where to find us. Good moms underscore bad choices on Instagram. Come check us out. Come follow us. We cute or whatever. You say Patreon, patreon.com backslash good moms bad choices. You can follow me at Mila underscore map two P's at watch Erica. And if you haven't booked your vacation, book it with that. Book it now with us. <laughs> I'm high too. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.